Welcome to the 6AM Run Podcast. My name is Mark Paisant. I'm an avid runner, a certified personal trainer, a 6AM Run ambassador, and host of the show. Be sure to head over to the website, 6AMRun.com, to sign up today to get 20% off of your first order. Now, let's start the show. Hello and welcome back to the 6am Run Podcast. I am your host, Mark Paisant. Always a pleasure to have you be a part of the show. Um, as always, we have a great guest lined up. We're going to learn about fitness, going to learn about sleeping, going to learn about comeback stories, all that good stuff. We have uh, Daniel Israel, or known as Roz, going to be on the show with us today. But first of all, as always, this show is brought to you by 6am Run and 6amrun.com. Head over to the website, sign up to get 20% off of your first order. Roz, thank you so much for being a part of the show this week. Why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself really quickly for the audience. Definitely. Thanks a lot for having me. So as you can hear, I'm from Israel originally, but I live in Canada at the moment. So I... Yeah, I was born in Israel when I was six. My family and I actually moved to China. I grew up there. I played a lot of basketball. And actually, even before that, between the age of six to 12, I was probably the most unhealthy kid on the planet. I wasn't overweight or anything, but I ate chicken nuggets. I drank hot chocolate and basically nothing else. I don't believe I consumed anything that wasn't chicken nuggets or hot chocolate. And around the age of 12, I started playing basketball. So I wanted to have a healthier diet, which was basically anything but what I did. So I started slowly educating myself on health and nutrition. And I noticed that I was pretty confident on the basketball court, but the confidence didn't really translate into everyday life. In social settings, in everyday scenarios in classrooms, I just felt like an insecure kid. But on the basketball court, I felt confident. Around the age of 17, I started working out more seriously and I noticed that I was confident not just at the gym, but everywhere I went. Because unlike a basketball, I could take my body with me everywhere I go. Unless I have a ball in my hand, I can't show off the skills, right? So I found that it was way more translatable into everyday life. And I decided to go to university for health and nutrition to be a physiotherapist, honestly. But after my second year of university, even though 99% of my classmates still want to be physiotherapists, I'm like, nah, I'm down with that. I want to be a personal trainer. I feel like I can impact way more people. And ever since 2020, when everything got locked down, I'm like, okay, let's try to take it online. I started becoming an online fitness trainer, and that's what I do full-time now. That is great. And the first thing I got to ask you is about when you were over in China, is, is basketball as big over there as they say it is? Like, do people love basketball over there? Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yes. Yes. Definitely. I figured I, I knew that, um, you know, of course, throwing out people like Yao Ming, but seeing the, the NBA players that yeah. go over, the Americans that go over there and play and seeing the crowds and seeing how enthusiastic and loud they are. That seems like an awesome environment to be a part of. 
So, and you and I, like, I love, ba- I played basketball too. I love the sport. Um, and I, I kind of want to get into that with you because you mentioned your confidence and you mentioned, it seems like the basketball court was like your little oasis. That was your comfort zone. That was your little spot that you could be yourself. But then once you left that, it's like, oh, the ball's not in my hand. Like, who am I? Is that kind of how you felt? That um, and how do you? I mean, I, I know that's not the case now, but but Nate, kind of what what were some some things that kind of gradually gained that confidence for you when you were outside of the basketball court as you got older? Just having more translatable skills in general, right? Because again, if you look good in your clothes, you look good in your clothes. Doesn't matter if you're in an office. Doesn't matter if you're in the gym. You just do, right? If you are better communicating with people. It doesn't matter if you're in an office. Doesn't matter if you're in a relationship. Doesn't matter with your family. Doesn't matter if you go to the grocery store. If you're better communicating with people, then you'll enjoy your life more. But if you're extremely competent at piano or basketball or things that you can't really take with you unless you do it, then it's not translatable. It's something that is only a confidence that. Yeah, it's very like particular. It's very specific to that area. Oh, I, I definitely would agree. I definitely would agree with that. So now you've kind of you you've gone on your journey and you've gotten fit. You decided I want to help other people get fit. And during the lockdown, like nobody wanted to go to the gym, yeah. and a lot of people saw that as an excuse that they did not have to be in shape. But you say that you don't need that gym to be in shape. So for those people out there that just want to get in shape, they don't want to travel the however far the yep. gym is and use the weights, anything like that. What, how do you help people that don't want to go to the gym get in shape? 100%. So full disclosure, if you want to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, if you want to be a bodybuilding champion, you do need to go to the gym. I am not your guy. But if you have 20, 30 or more pounds to lose, then 100% you don't need the gym. It's just another obstacle in the way. Because imagine that you have to drive the gym. I mean, firstly, you have to pack your bag, drive the gym. Then you have to wait for the machines that you want. You have to clean a bunch of equipment out of sweaty people. Then you have to drive back, take a shower. There's so many steps in the way. While if you just set a 10-minute time and be like, oh, I'm, okay, I'm just going to do as many push-ups as I can, that's already a pretty good workout. Might not be the best, but it's something. So the way I do it for my clients is I see whatever the fitness level is, whatever equipment they have, even if they have none, right? And the schedule, and I tell it to them, be like, you can only do 20 minutes three times a week. Okay, let's work with that. And obviously specific to the goals and all of that. So really depending on what they need, I try to customize it to them and obviously change it day after day, week after week. Because if something doesn't work, then you got to change it. And that, I mean, a lot of people, you know, will, will hear that and you know you're making the changes on your end to become adaptable to their situation and it does like you're putting in the discipline and the commitment the person who hires you to be their coach they have to do the same thing like that's got to sometimes that has to be frustrating for you if you're making these adaptations if you're making these changes but you don't see it on their end 100 so Obviously, I don't take anybody that wants to give me money because I want more testimonials, right? I know what it's like to have uh, clients that are headaches. I 
I'm very selective about the people that I work with because I want people that communicate with me often. I always say, as long as you communicate with me, you'll get results. If I message you for a week straight and you don't communicate with me, there's no promises. But even if I give you something and it doesn't work, as long as you let me know, you can always change it. We can mix it up. Because there's a thousand ways to accomplish a, a certain goal. So even let's take push-ups, for example. Instead of a bench press, you can do a push-up. If that's too difficult, we can do uh, knee push-ups or wall push-ups. If it's too easy, you can do diamond push-ups or elevate your feet, right? There's so many different modifications you can make. But as long as, I mean, there's communication, then, I mean, that's, that doesn't just apply to fitness, that applies to everything. Even in relationships, if there's no communication, he dies, right? I'm, I'm glad you said that because you're absolutely right. And this is what of, you know, one of the reasons I, you know, got a personal trainer in my past and is because people feel that they don't know the the different exercises they can do when they figure, well, I can't, I can't do a pushup. I guess I get to just try and do, you know, push up some way and they become discouraged. And all you do is, you know, start on a wall, then start on an incline. You know, it, there, there's yeah. ways you can work yourself into a push up, but then, and I want to ask you about this too, is, is the thing about sustainable results is you can, you can work with your client until they're blue in the face, till you're blue in the face, till the cow comes home, every cliche in the world. But if they're not backing up with a proper nutrition, then it's all for naught. So on that aspect of the fitness journey, you know, first kind of talk, you talked about your nutrition when you were younger yeah. and the things you ate. Talk about that kind of change in your mentality when it came to actually using food as fuel rather than just putting junk in your body. 100%. And this actually a big reason why I believe and I can actually say, say I know for a fact that online training is superior to in-person training because in, in-person, you only talk about walking out, right? And I have done both in-person and online. With online, obviously, you do workouts as well, but there's a lot more emphasis on nutrition and accountability, which is 89% of the results. So I have a huge belief that because I was such a picky eater, and now I eat pretty much anything, anybody can transform what they actually enjoy. Because right now, I don't even enjoy chicken nuggets. Right? Like, I don't even enjoy the things I used to. So, I don't give my clients a strict meal plan. So, you have to go 100% vegan, 100% carnivore, none of that. The very first thing I tell them to do is write a list of everything they enjoy eating. People who are listening right now, they can do this at home. Don't filter, don't think, is it convenient, is it expensive? Write a list of everything you enjoy eating will take you 5-10 minutes. After that, underline everything that you think is healthy. Now, ideally, you have a professional like Mark, like myself, that can help you filter out, oh, actually, this isn't healthy, or actually, yeah, this actually is really healthy if you don't eat too much of it, as an example. Right, but even most people have 80% accuracy in terms of what is healthy and what isn't. So if you just do this 10-minute exercise, you'll have a list of things that you enjoy and are healthy. That is your meal plan. That is 80% of the food you consume. The other 10% is you can treat yourself. And the last 10% is I always tell my clients that the key to sustainable results is to eat more of your favorite foods, not less. And the way we do that is you can try new foods that you don't even know if you like or not, and they might be healthy and tasty to you. So once a month, try a new vegetable, a new fish that you've never tried before. And if you do that, you can add foods that go in the healthy and tasty category. 
So I'm I'm definitely stealing that from you because that is such <laughs> that's such good advice, and it it you know it definitely like increases the widens the palette and, and has people because the the thing you like if you go online right now and I, I I don't get me wrong I like you know chicken rice and vegetables like, yeah. I, I like those I, but if you tell the normal person out there that hey every meal is going to be chicken rice and vegetables. Like they'll give up in a week. They're like, I can't eat any more chicken, rice, and vegetables. And if you open it up to different feeds, uh, different fishes, different t- types of meats, different proteins, different vegetables, different you know the, all the macronutrients. If you find those, I think you really open people up. So I think that is amazing advice to give people. And I um, mean, it's, it's crazy that you mentioned that you don't like chicken nuggets anymore. I'm the same way with with <laughs> some of the foods that I used to eat, but. Also, I want to say this. When I was started my fitness journey, like I, I love Subway. I still to this day I love mm. Subway. And um, I know I went one day after after a workout and got a Subway sandwich a foot long. And I'm like, oh, I got a veggie. And I'm thinking it's, I'm pretty good. I'm good to go. And my wife is like, Oh, what'd you eat today? Because she's helping me. So we put it in the app, and she's like, Wait, you got a foot long with regular bread? I'm like, Yeah. She's like all right, you're over your salt and sodium intake for the day. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, take a look at the bread. And it totally changed my, (laughs) my thought process on what I, what I thought was healthy. Like what I thought was healthy, especially if you're trying to be in a calorie deficit, like that foot long is not, not the thing to be on. So, um, We've talked about with you, we talked about kind of the fitness. We talked about the, the changing of, of how people can work out. We talked about the nutrition. But you're a big guy when it comes to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact that I know I don't get enough sleep. You know, I'm, I'm doing a bunch of podcasts and working and have kids and all that stuff. But there's people out there that, that don't really understand the benefits of sleep and how it is needed for proper, like, weight loss and... I want you to kind of talk about that so people can hear why sleep is important and also why you think people aren't getting enough sleep. Definitely. And unfortunately, I can't snap my fingers and make it that there's 25 or 26 hours a day allowing you to get an extra hour or two of sleep. But what I can do in the next couple of minutes is give you some information that anyone that's listening can increase the quality of the sleep. Ideally, everybody knows get eight hours of sleep. Sometimes if you have two full-time jobs, three kids, projects, commitments, you simply can't. Again, eight hours is ideal. I'm not going to tell you to try to get less than that. But maximize the quality because that takes literally no time, no effort. You just need to know what to do. So there's probably like 1,700 different sleep uh, tactics, but I think about it in three broad strokes. So the first one is you want your room to be cool. That means around 68 degrees Fahrenheit, around 90 degrees Celsius. And that might be too cold for some people, but that's the most ideal sleeping temperature. Another thing you can do is you can cool your body temperature, not just the room temperature, by taking a hot bath or shower before bed. You can also sleep naked. Once you do it once, you never want to go back. You can also have a thin blanket and a thick blanket. You can adjust, right? Anything to sleep in a cool environment will help you fall asleep faster. The second point to improve the quality of your sleep is to sleep in a room that's dark as possible. So blackout curtains, you can cover 
any electronic latch with a towel. You can have an eye mask or you can put a shirt over your head. Uh, I did that for the longest time. I've never seen anybody else do that, but I couldn't find an eye mask that is comfortable for the longest time, but uh, now I wore a husk. They should sponsor me with the amount of people I tell them, but unfortunately I don't have an affiliate link yet. But yeah, I, I, I wore a husk, eye mask, super comfortable. And the last thing is, and this is where everybody struggles, including me sometimes, is you want low stimulation before bed. So no technology, no useless arguments, no fighting with people on Twitter over nothing, strangers, right? You don't want that. You want to journal, you want to meditate, you want to have a common conversation, you want to plan your next day. And you, you know what? It's the... I think what people don't really understand a lot of the time when it comes to sleep, you know, other than the, there's a lot of things people don't understand. One, it's it's sleep is the cleaning process for your brain and your central nervous system. So you need that. You, the more sleep you get, the better you usually feel. But when you talk about the, the amount of clothes we sleep in and the blankets we use, like your body self-regulates. Yeah. And it doesn't need a, a huge sweatshirt. It doesn't need a big blanket. doesn't need a quilt. doesn't need any of those things because it, it cools itself. It heats itself where, you know, we're warm blooded animals for people who didn't real, understand that. So it regulates itself. And, and, you know, I can't remember the last time I woke up because I was too cold, but I can remember the last time I woke up because I had too many covers yep. on me. Um, so that's great advice. And, and if anybody, you know, listens to the other podcast, I host, I actually did a whole two episodes on you know nudity and, and how and a lot of it was uh, in regard to how you sleep and your body self-regulates so um so we mentioned the big three we mentioned the the training and the fitness routine we've mentioned the nutrition we've mentioned you know the, the sleep aspect of it but there's somebody listening out there that says i i think i, I work out five times a week I believe I eat the right stuff and I, I get seven, eight hours of sleep a night. Um, but I just, I, I yo-yo, I go up and down. I, I lose 10 pounds. I'll gain five back. Then I'll lose five and I'll gain 10. Mm. Like in your professional opinion and could be personal, like what is the key to sustainable fitness, to sustainable weight loss? Like what is the key that people may need to hear? The key really is accountability. And there might be a few tactical steps or a few tactical tips I can give but I would need to know more information about that person but that is the what you just described the person you just described it's kind of like a person saying I don't know why I filled my driving test I play Grand Theft Auto I watch my parents drive cars I watch F1 all the time like I don't get why I fail well if you don't have a driving instructor teaching you by your side it's going to be difficult to pass the driving test. I'm not saying it's impossible, but why are you wasting so much time? Why are you being so frugal with your money? Well, if you will probably crash your car if you don't have a driving instructor, right? It's so much more time efficient and money efficient to just simply, hey, I'm going to have a driving instructor for 10 lessons, teach me how to drive so I know. Right? You can watch YouTube videos of how to work out. You can watch F1 of how to drive. But the most ideal is to have a one-on-one -on -one coach be like, hey, this is exactly what you should do. This is exactly the best way to do it. So that's like a broader answer. But more specifically, I would say accountability. Right? 
even high school is extremely difficult, if not impossible to graduate from, if you had no teachers, if you had no parents to tell you, if nobody took attendance. Accountability is so huge in every aspect of our life. And unfortunately, so many people are surrounded by unhealthy people, because that's the majority of our population, that unless you seek out to hire someone, then it's going to be extremely difficult for you to escape that. And I think that's great advice because there's so many things in this world that we're so accustomed to getting help with. If, if we have a mental health issue, we're accustomed to get therapists and clinicians to help us. Any type of physical ailment, we're accustomed to doctors, to physical therapists. You know, if there's something that we really care about that we want to get better, we're really just wired to get that type of coaching. But when it comes to our physical fitness, which is ultra important it should be prioritized it's how we live longer how we're better humans how we're better in our relationships how we feel better about ourselves people think that a lot of people think i don't want to say everybody a lot of people think that getting a, a coach or a personal trainer is it's just out of the question i don't you know i would rather use that money for something else and right. then when you go look at your bank account you're like well i spent you know, $30 on this meal out and then $50 on this subscription. And then, and then you start adding it up. It's like, I found an extra 400 bucks yeah. a month. And, and no one, you bring up, you bring up a very good point. Cause I think people think they have to be like, they have to stay in this relationship for years and years and years. When in theory, give me a few, you know, you know, times to coach you, give me a, a few sessions you know, if you like it, stay with me. But my goal, I'm speaking for myself now, and I'm sure you may feel the same way. My goal is just to help you learn the behaviors, to help you learn the proper technique, to help you to help you get on your way on your physical journey. Is that kind of you know, how you think about it? 100%. If you're not going to stick with a diet for a decade, don't do it for a day. There's no point in doing something extreme right carnival does work for some people not for most vegan does work for some people not for most you need a you diet a diet that's specifically tailored to the foods you enjoy the foods that you can sustain same thing with the workout program you can do crossfit you can do p90x but the best workout program is a you workout program something that's really tailored to what you can do and your schedule fitness level all that and I love it. And uh, and I wanted to ask you something specific. So in, in a normal work, in a normal day, like if, if you have a person that always complains of low energy yeah. and they come to you and say, hey, I, I see this great pill or I saw this great commercial and, and it's going to give me energy. And you say, wait a second, let's try some things first. What are some tips you can give people to increase their energy, to boost their energy throughout the day? 100%. So... I say let's focus on the 95 or 99% before we focus on the minuscule 1%. The pill might help 1% difference, maybe. The 99%, 95% is high quality sleep because there's people that sleep six hours and are fine, right? The quality is more important than the quantity. So really maximize the quality of your sleep. Maximize, not maximize, but optimize how much water you're drinking. The great majority of the population are dehydrated, causes them to feel bloated, not uh, like f feel fatigued, not feel focused. I always have a water bottle within arm's reach at all times, as you can see. There's no exception to that, right? And obviously, your diet and workout, because if somebody has low energy, 
and I look at the lifestyle, I'm like, okay, did you work out this week? No, that's the first thing. So I always say, unless you work out at least three times a week, you are, when you urinate, it's almost always transparent. Your diet is on point, you get high quality sleep, then talk to me about increasing your energy. And if they do that, then I'll be like, okay, before the pill, let's take one more step and schedule three or four times within your day that you're going to intentionally increase your energy. So that scheduling could be like at 2.35 every day, I'm going to listen to my favorite hype song and dance. At 5 p.m. that can be, I'm going to hold a smile for 20 seconds, nonstop. At 7 p.m. that can be, I'm going to take a cold shower. Things like that, that you schedule, be like at this time, I'm going to dedicate two, three minutes of my time to intentionally increase my energy. And I, I think you're absolutely correct because those are, those are the things that I do. And I'm, I'm a big proponent for getting up from my seat and putting on some, uh, some early night, some nineties rap music mm. as loud as Literally. I can. As Blair, and then, and then just like dancing, like by myself and it's immediately energy, serotonin, all that stuff pops out. Or if it's a nice day, just going outside in the sun for 15 minutes and just letting that vitamin D enrich you. So, um, and I did want to ask you, so, uh, you know, a big thing that I have learned recently, and I probably should have learned it a long time ago, is that people do not need motivation daily. They don't need motivation. And there's this big thing going out where everyone is putting out these motivation videos and, you know, do it for this reason, do it for that reason, motivate yourself. And the fact of the matter is that I'm sorry, I am not motivated most of the time to get up at 4, 5, 6 a.m. to go work out. I'm not motivated every day to, you know, to, to, to get my kids dinner and, and play with them. Like, I'm not motivated. However, I have that discipline in me that I know these are things I do that makes me happy. It makes people around me happy. So I would love you to speak on motivation because you have clients, you have people that you probably deal with daily that are like, oh, I just... I didn't have it today, but you don't need to have it. You, you need to just be disciplined and be accountable. So kind of talk about your thoughts on, you know, motivate. And I'm air quoting motivation right now, but motivation. 100%. So you don't need motivation to brush your teeth. It's who you are. You don't wake up and be like, should I brush my teeth? Should I not? I don't know if I feel like it. Maybe I should watch a few videos. You just you do it. You don't even think about it. It's beyond motivation. It's who you are right and even when people say i don't feel like motivated to eat the right food or like i have cravings what do you do when you have urges i'm like well just because i have an urge to be violent doesn't mean i'm going to act violently i have a self-control now did that person piss me off yes am i going to act about it no if i walk by a store and i smell cinnamon bombs do i feel the urge to eat it yes am i gonna get it not always right so you have to control your urges it has to be who you are as a person you already have a certain standard for yourself you have the standard most likely that i'm a person that brushes my teeth no matter what i'm a person that doesn't act violently doesn't matter what the person said i'm a person that is kind even when other people might be rude you need to raise your standard above that and be like i'm all those things and when i feel hungry i do the right things. I eat healthy food rather than go for junk food. Also, a quick side note on that. Most people, when they feel hungry, they're actually dehydrated or they're bored. They're not actually hungry, right? 
but in terms of working out i don't feel like working out cool there's a lot of things that you don't feel like doing you i'm sure you don't feel like going to work sometimes i'm sure you don't feel like dealing with your kids but you have a certain standard for yourself that this is who you are right so you need to just keep raising that standard of what type of person you are i love that i love the fact that you you use the word standard and a lot of people without knowing it or with knowing it are setting low standards for themselves and they're not they're you know it it might be a mental block where they think I can't get to where I want to get to. So I'm just going to do the minimum. And, and I'm speaking from personal experience too, because I've been there. I've been in that spot where I just thought, this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. Um, I, I can't change it. And I was able to change it. And if anybody wants to hear that story, you can you know, reach out to me. We don't have to talk about it now. But um, I think that's an amazing way to put it about people having the right and it, we don't have to label it as high standards and low standards you know you already talked about the uniqueness of people's diet uniqueness of their fitness like you can have your own standards but make sure they're ones that you're you're proud of make sure they're ones that you'd be happy to discuss with other people and and go from there so um Roz, this has been great how do people learn more about you how do they find you online so I'm most active on Twitter at Danielle Roz underscore fit and Instagram Danielle Roz fit. I post different content, Twitter, obviously tweets, Instagram reels, and you can check up my website at DanielleRozFit.com. So that's D-A-N-I-E-L-R-A-Z-F-I-T.com. And uh, yeah, for anyone who's really serious about making a change, wants to lose 30 plus pounds without going to the gym, let's have a talk, see if I can help you. That is awesome. We will post all of Roz's uh, information and his website link on the show notes. Thanks again for listening to 6AM Run Podcast. Roz, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. You enjoy the rest of your day, okay? Thanks a lot for having me. Thank you, as always, for listening to the 6AM Run Podcast. Again, I am your host, Mark Paisant. Please like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of this amazing content. If you can, we would love if you left us a review. Remember to follow us online and use hashtag 6AM Run to connect with the greatest group of runners and fitness enthusiasts in the world.